0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dad Stories, and I'm Tom Noodala.
1: Hey, Dad. I'm your non-binary son, Eden Noodala, and this is a story where we compare and contrast growing up. How long have we been doing this intro, and uh, (laughs) I'm like, who are you? (laughs) Who are you to me? Dad? (laughs) I threw you a curveball today. (laughs) Uh, I was like, hello, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today, Dad?
0: You would spend some time, you've, you've actually spent a great deal of time over the last few years researching our family ancestry, including the time you spent talking to and interviewing your grandparents, you know, moms and my parents. And so today, I thought we would share some of our memories of our grandparents who we knew and you didn't ever get a chance to know as a way of helping to round out your research.
1: Yeah, this is something that I've been like interested in for a while. Did I tell you about kind of how that started off? No. So it was an Indigenous author who was talking about like 10 things that white colonial settlers can do to better understand their place within colonialism, to be a better accomplice to Indigenous work. And one of the things was like, hey, learn about your ancestry within the context of what land you lived on. That's probably, we're, I would love to dive into that maybe in a future conversation, but uh, one of the big things that... I've been like thinking about within this conversation is the way that a family conducts itself is passed down, and so part of wanting to just know what my grandparents is were like was is just like figuring out, you know, like what is our family all about, like why do we behave certain ways, and I mean we might learn about that today. We might just end up being like, a, let's talk about fun stories about our great grandparents, but. Yeah, I've already talked too much about that, but we have a special guest today, too, because I have four great-grandparents. Uh, hey, Mom.
2: Hi. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be back. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's it's important to, when we're creating the whole story, to have all of the voices. So I guess to get started off, Dad, do you want to, who are the great-grandparents? Who are the characters in
0: this story? On my side, I have uh, Graham and Grandpa Noodla, who mm-hmm. lived in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, right on the border between Michigan and Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And my mom's parents, who, as I knew them, lived in the upper part of the lower peninsula, although during World War II, they actually lived down in the southern part, and my grandfather was part of the team that built propellers for fighter planes and bombers that were going to war.
1: Whoa. Oh, that's interesting.
0: So mostly northern Michigan.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And then, Mom, who are the characters on your side?
2: Okay. Most characters are uh, my, on my dad's side. It's um, Grandpa and Nana Joyce. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, Stella and George Joyce. On my mom's side, it's Grammy and Grandpa. Oh, yeah. George Joyce's side, they came from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Stella Reuter, they were Swedes mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. came from Sweden. And so... The Joices were around for a while, here for quite a while, yeah, several generations. But Stella, you let's see. So my grandma's, Nana's mother and father were Swedish speaking.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So your great grandparents. Right,
2: mm-hmm. right. So we'll call her Nana, mm-hmm. my Nana, and that was Stella. And then Grandpa was George. And then on my mom's side, they were Canadian, came down from Nova Scotia. And in fact, they were Canadians when they lived here. My mom's first generation American. U.S. citizen and helped her parents become citizens. Helped them study for the exam.
1: Yeah, and that's super interesting too. Oh yeah, finish. What were you saying?
2: That's all. I mean, I can talk a little bit more about them and their careers and things like that. What I remember about them, yeah. Let me know when y'all want to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean when when I did my research, what I found was that that you know that's the story of like oh they were Canadian and they needed to get their came here and then got their citizenship. But actually, mm-hmm. depending on if my research is correct, is that that line actually goes back to those Mayflower and then that family moved to Canada during the Revolutionary War. Yeah, and then moved back to Ah. the States as your great grandparents.
2: You know, that's, that's news (laughs) to me. I know my dad got into it, but I don't think he got as Mm -hmm. into my mother's side as he did on his own side. And so we know a lot more about the Joyce brothers clothing store and there's letters back and forth to Ireland and things like that with that side of the family. But, um George Joyce was a, a more of a businessman. He was he sold things and had a lot of different jobs. Stella was a hairdresser during the depression. Both grandparents were really affected. Mm. You have depression stories back there. My mother was born the day that stock market crashed. Yeah, So they were getting into the depression then.
1: Mm -hmm. Right as they were having a baby Is your mom only child?
2: Yeah, essentially She had a a younger brother That's right She was about 12 years Mm -hmm. older than him Yeah,
1: so first baby
2: Stock market crashes And how much time did you get to spend with them? I spent much more time with my Grammy and Grampy With my mother's parents Mm -hmm. They lived in the same town we lived in Nana and Grandpa lived up in Maine And so we would visit them once in a while But we um constantly, we frequently saw my, my parents but we we know since there were five kids in my family My father was an only child. My mother just had the one brother. Um, He never got married, so there were no cousins in my family. It was quite different. All the holidays were at our place. Um, Nana would come down from Maine, things like that, for Christmas, and they'd all come over and celebrate it with us.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting because, like, when we were growing up, we were the ones that were far away and didn't do the Joyce family Christmases. And so, like... That's that's kind of interesting, passed down. Yeah. And now, Dad, you had a really close relationship also with at least one set of grandparents.
0: Yeah, with uh, Grandma and Grandpa mm-hmm. Nana's parents, um, definitely. But Grandma and Grandpa Noodle, I lived in the UP. We actually lived in the UP when I was really young. So the UP, <laughs> Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So we saw them a lot more in my early years because they actually were closer and easier to get to. But once we moved to the Lower Peninsula, then it switched. But then, of course, I was a more active human being when that
1: happened. Right.
0: But anyway, so, so grandma and Grandpa Noodala, I knew them the least of all. I did look into kind of our our history on their side of the family as it relates to the bigger picture. And, you know, in the Upper Peninsula and across northern Wisconsin and Minnesota, there's lots of Swedish and Norwegian and Finnish people. Mm -hmm. In a nutshell, what I found out is there was a big immigration from those countries because of oppression from Russia. Yeah. That was kind of how they got there. And Graham and Grandpa Noodle were not immigrants. They were first-generation Americans. Grandpa's name was... Carl, he and Grandma Noodle were interesting because they still had a really pretty thick accent, mm-hmm. and it was a mixture of UP accent with Finnish accent. Yeah, you may remember when uh, when we were visiting Nan and Papa, and Papa started to talk about the poem "The Night Before Christmas," where he was speaking, reading the poem, but with the Finnish UP and accent. Yeah,
1: I mean it's called it's I so it's kind of interesting because like so Finglish is a dialect, an English dialect that was like born in the UP from the Finnish migration during, I I think I'm getting this right, but like, I know that like when Russia was occupying Finland or what is now Finland, because Finland as a country itself is actually quite new. It used to be like controlled by Sweden and then by Russia and then like gained independence like, I want to say like a hundred years ago. It was pretty recent. And it's, uh, oh, we don't need to go into Finnish history, but it's right. interesting um, because a lot of the Finns who moved to the UP were socialists, ah. as my understanding goes, which is interesting considering like what has happened in Russia over history and time. But Finglish, that's where we're going. So this was this an mm-hmm. accent or was it also like an incorporation of Finnish
0: words? It was mostly an accent, although certain common words were used as part of their language. And fortunately, because of Papa, you know, we kind of knew a lot of them, like what milk and bread and please and thank you and that kind of I couldn't tell you what they are today, but we knew enough so that when we went there, communication wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. Although Grandpa Noodle was not a big talker. He did look a lot like Papa, my dad, mm-hmm. but he was shorter. And actually, his wife, Signy, my grandma was also very short. So the two of them were pretty short. Mm-hmm. I really don't have much memory of my life with them, except they had this really huge yard. And Grandpa Noodle had had a riding lawnmower, which in those days was a big deal because yeah. they were just coming out. That was my memory was he would put me on the mower with them and we would, we would mow the lawn together. <laughs> and then the other thing about him was uh, they had this old chicken coop of it in their back. Yard, they had long since gotten rid of all their chickens and stuff. And he had converted a part of it into a storage room, but he did convert the other half into a, essentially a playroom oh. for us to play in. And it had an old bed that when we were old enough, we could sleep oh, cool. out in the chicken coop. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. That was Grandpa Noodle. Grandma Noodle, on the other hand, was not Finnish, she was Swedish. Mm-hmm. And so her last name, maiden last name, was Ericsson, and her first name was Signy. Mm-hmm. Grandma never learned to drive. They lived out in the country. And my dad tells a story about he had cut his foot badly, uh, really needed medical help. And so grandma taped up his cut foot with scotch tape, (gasps) put him in a wagon, and tried to walk him into town. And by the time they'd gotten so far, the bleeding had stopped. So she turned around and came home. But the result was he had a growth on his foot next to his toes. And, and he always, would t- when he was barefooted, it looked like from the top he had six toes. Wow. So so when we were kids our whole life. We were like, he'd say like, you want to see my sixth toe? And it grew out of his big toe. Uh-huh. You know, it, was, it wasn't really a toe. It was just this big lump. But that's what, gra- what grandma would do to take care of their kids. And there's other stories about grandma having to walk into town when, when gr- grandpa was a truck driver. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't always home. And, and so. So that was kind of how they did. But the the one thing I remember about Grandma Noodle was um, when we would be there in the summertime on hot days, she'd ask us if we wanted Kool-Aid or lemonade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, we sure would. And she says, okay. And she'd give us an empty pitcher and she'd say, Mm -hmm. go back in the woods. And there was a little spring and scoop the water out of the spring because it bubbles up from underground and it's the coldest, freshest water you can get. So we'd have to hike back into the woods to this little pond, which was no more than 10 feet in diameter. And then it trickled into a creek a little bit ways down. And we'd scoop up that water and we'd bring it back and and Graham would mix us up some lemonade or some Kool Aid and that was some you know kind of a special memory yeah. for us to um, to do that to get water. That's
1: incredible. Yeah, something that is, blows my mind about that is like I was recently reading a book about how there's no drinkable water anywhere in North America anymore. Like you can't go to any creek anywhere without it having been impacted by some type of poison. But it wasn't that long ago that you could go to a creek and Get fresh water, right, for your lemonade or your Kool Aid. That's cool. Yeah, mm. I mean, they seem like they were. I mean, that stoicism is also Finnish cultural marker of like you know not a lot of words, not a lot, not a lot of small talk, and so it's like interesting to hear you speak to Grandpa Noodala being like a man of few words. Yeah,
0: he was the first to pass away. So he actually died while I was a kid. Okay, we didn't uh, get to explore our, our relationship as adults.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when did Signey
0: pass? I don't really know. I think it was when I was stationed in Germany. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. Okay. So you were in like in your early twenties. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did they know how to read?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. Grandma just didn't want to drive.
1: Yeah. It's. I mean, that's a dangerous. Prospect. Yeah. And
0: their, their parents were the ones that immigrated mm-hmm. anyway. So they were, the English wasn't an issue.
1: All right, mom. So what did it look like for
2: you? Like what were your dad's parents like? My grandpa Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember why I didn't remember much about him. So I talked to my dad this morning. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Grandpa Joyce died when I was three. Mm-hmm. I have no recollection of him at all. And I was like, okay, good. You know, why, why is it I don't remember him? And that that's why. There were pictures. I remember, you know, he wrote in a photo album, you, you know, as each grandchild was born. He would add, you know, pictures, and he oh. wrote in silver pen on the black background underneath all the pictures, you know. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: well, he would oh, we would first introduce, you know, here is Amy Linda cause, and, and he used my full name, and then he that's would sweet. for all the rest of the time he used both my names. He liked the way they sounded together, and so that's my mm-hmm. only thing about my grandpa's. Uh, you know, he mm-hmm. he liked that name to, as one name, the <laughs> only one who ever did. Oh, Stella. Uh-huh. So Nana was a little mm-hmm. scary. She was a smoker. And so she had one of those deep uh-huh. voices. She was always sort of kind of demanding.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, she wanted something she would, you know, ask for it and expect it to get happen. And she was also kind of glamorous. She was always done up nicely. You know, I was remembering when we would visit her place in Portland, how her, her dresser had the glass mirror trays with the glass vials of exotic things on these mirror trays, you know, mm -hmm. so all these perfumes. She was a hairdresser, was her trade. I know that at some point, Uh they split up. And Mm -hmm. my father lived with his grandparents so that mm-hmm. would be your great great grandparent it was his grandparents so grampy's grandparents <laughs> and he tells a funny story mm-hmm. about they lived in a lot that and they owned two lots and the lot next to their house was vacant and they um, lived near a hockey rink oh uh, yeah 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 they would open it up for parking for the hockey games uh-huh so g- grandpa would have to go out at the end of the street with the sign that says, you know, park here, park here and hail the car is going in. So what do you think they charged? I might 50 cents. <laughs> 35. <laughs> 35 cents. So that's kind of fun.
1: 35. Ugh, oh, that's pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. man they'd have to have a pocket full of change to make change with that, that yeah look low. wild
2: yeah yeah um, and you know so that's kind of fun and he talked about how they would dump coal from the coal burning furnace down onto the oh, lot to yeah. make it smooth and hard packed uh-huh. and kind of thing that, the old coal ash from the furnace so that's kind of fun um yeah but stella was a little scary And she was very sophisticated. I mean, I remember going to their home in Portland to visit there and the Swedish harp that hung on the door. And every time you Mm -hmm. opened and closed the door, it would bring, bring, bring against the harp. And that was kind of fun. And again, I was a little girl. Yeah. She died, gosh, probably when I was like 12. It's all very minor memories, you know, that circle around the holidays and... um, visits.
1: So when you say they split up, you mean Grampy went to live at the grandparents and Stella and George live separately, Mm -hmm. but they lived together or did Stella and George split up?
2: No, no, they actually separated. mm -hmm. My dad talks about how he prayed every night that they his mom and dad get back together again, Yeah. and so he went sort of back and forth and lived some time with his dad and some time with his mom. And it wasn't too long. It had some of it had to do with the depression. Yeah, George needed to make money, and so he went down to Rhode Island, and um, Stella stayed in Maine. And it was also a, a breakup of sorts yeah. too. And so it was a kind of a sad time for for my dad.
1: Yeah,
2: but he'll bring it up every once in a while. But they got back together.
1: They got back together. That's wild. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah. Listening to you speak, I'm curious about that sort of impact on a child and how that has passed into the ways that our family operates now. I mean, I think about it with like the kids that I work with and that's the impact that seeing that happening with your parents is. So thank you. Um, I'm tender, but I appreciate the insight.
2: And then on the other side, the I did get to know Grammy and Grampy. Mm-hmm. My mom's parents, you know, much better. They would babysit and things like that. And since they were nearby and they had an old house that looked over the um minimum security portion of the Concord prison.
1: Interesting. The
2: maximum security was across the street from the minimum security and, and we would go visit I can remember picnics and my da- my Grampy making whistles out of what was the name of that tree, Tom? What kind of tree make you can make whistles out of i think it was a willow some kind of tree that's got a soft bark i think it was a willow. yeah that you at certain times of the year you can't do it all the time and then you can make a little quick little whistle that was pretty cool because he whittle those he just had an eighth grade education he was a carpenter mm,
3: mm-hmm.
2: grammy was a very quiet woman and um, some of the things i remember about their home grammy had one of those tub washing machines that they're dangerous mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of roll them out into the middle of your kitchen and would fill it with water and, and it would have this little agitator thing and then you'd ring it through the ringers and people would like break their fingers oh. on them and stuff like that but, yeah they weren't they weren't safe but <laughs> it was a real old tiny uh, washing machine that was pretty cool they had a lot of that sort of antiquey looking things and grampy was a hunter too so there was a stuffed deer (laughs) in their head hanging in there, you know, Uh that was always kind of creepy. You walk in there and look at you no matter where you were Uh in the room, you'd see that thing. And a German shepherd named Prince.
1: Oh, that's cute.
2: Yeah, I, I liked visiting them and they were easy to get along with. Didn't Grammy loan you some money to help you get through college? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, she sure did. When I started my first job, I had no money. You know, I'd spent it all in school, and so it was a good job. Um, and I was going when I, as soon as I got my paycheck, I'd be all fine. But I needed some money for like a first month's rent, last month's rent, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so Grammy off lent me a thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. And so I it would paid it back a hundred bucks at a time for ten months or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Once I was earning my money with a note, you know, so, so she got a letter from me.
0: Best investment she ever made.
2: <laughs> yeah. And at the end, I sent her a little bit more as interest, yeah. you know, for interest. And she sent that back and said, no, <laughs> interest is not necessary.
1: We're family. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something that's kind of interesting about that is we have a whole bunch of papers from from my great grandpa, grandparents, your grandparents in our basement, mm. including, I think we have everybody's will, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. Somebody passed because of a brain tumor. There is some series of letters that I found. Maybe it was from Stella's parents to Stella, but they wrote a lot of letters back and forth.
2: Do you remember any of this? You know, I'm sure that those letters are going to be on dad's side. I don't think mom's side were letter writers. Oh, yeah. Okay, then yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Grandpa, he, he was the one mm-hmm. who had the aneurysm. Yeah, okay. It might have been Stella.
1: Well, I think it was George, because like, George wrote to somebody you could see over time the handwriting mm. getting wigglier and wigglier. Mm. So that's kind of an interesting little insight. But the thing I was thinking about was... I read the will where the house is passed down and I think the house was sold, but I was thinking about wealth and like, you know, how important it was that grandma was able to give you a thousand dollar loan and the way that has just grown and grown going down the line of that accumulated wealth. It was interesting reading about it this summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, Dad, I was interested to hear also because, like, so you had a really close relationship.
0: Right, right. So uh, Grandpa was German background, and one of his ancestors was a quartermaster Mm -hmm. for the Prussian Army.
1: What is a quartermaster?
0: They're the ones that get all the food and do all the logistics. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. The reason I bring it up is because, you know, that was grandfather's ancestor who was in the Prussian Army who did logistics, and it turns out my 22 years in the Army that's what I did. <laughs> oh, that is interesting. That's wild. Uh huh. <laughs> it's in our blood. But at any rate, the um, group of people that came over from the family were Mennonite. Mm-hmm. And they settled in southeast Pennsylvania. Yeah. But our connection was one of the boys didn't want to be a Mennonite and mm-hmm. ran away to Chicago mm-hmm. and then worked his way to northern Michigan. And that's where their family set up and where grandpa mm-hmm. came from. Grandpa had polio, Mm, mm -hmm. and so he didn't have the use of one of his arms. And he had other health issues as well, but it did not keep him from doing his outdoor activities. In fact, for a little while, he was a conservation officer with the Department of Natural Resources.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Two stories from that was one time he and his partner, and this would have been during the Depression, Mm -hmm. he and his partner caught a guy uh, robbing somebody's cabin, and they confronted him. And the guy pulled out a pistol, and grandpa's partner shoved his finger up the barrel of the pistol, and the guy blew his finger off. <gasps> the partner did. But saved their lives. Yeah. And then they captured him. That's a family legend story. Uh, I don't think I'd ever shared that with you before. No, that's a new one for me. Mm-hmm. And another one, which is a little bit, quite a bit sadder, was he caught a guy poaching. Mm. And he knew the guy. Mm. He had a family of a lot of kids. And uh, so my grandpa let him off with a warning. And apparently this guy was a bit of an alcoholic and had gone to the bar and told everybody how the conservation officer had let him go free. Mm -hmm. And word got back to my grandpa's boss and he got fired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He didn't get to have his dream job his whole life. He then also worked in, um, trucking. He was in the County Road Commission for the the time that I knew him. Mm -hmm. But, um, Grandpa took me hunting and fishing when I was younger, and also berry picking. Mm-hmm. So we got to do a lot of outdoor things. Grandpa knew the area so well because he was a conservation officer and a fisherman that he actually, on the weekends, was a fly-fishing guide oh, on the and mm-hmm. manistee rivers, which are regionally famous mm-hmm. fly-fishing rivers. The best story I have from that is that Grandpa was a r- river guide for Henry Ford. Oh,
1: Whoa. Small world.
0: Yeah. In terms of the whole family, I sold cookies
1: to the Fords. <laughs> there
2: you go. There's <laughs> a connection. I think my, my grandfather mm-hmm. drove one.
1: I drove a Ford. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> drove a Ford. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, Nana told me this story that Grandpa's had run away from Pennsylvania, didn't want to be a Mennonite anymore, made a like fair amount of money owned some uh, land on the Asapall River and then sold it so that she could go to nursing school.
0: Yeah, and that wasn't that was grandpa's dad.
1: Okay. All right, yeah.
0: But anyway, um I mentioned we went hunting. He took me hunting. Yeah. I have one hunting story. I went deer hunting with grandpa. I went partridge hunting went with grandpa pheasant hunting with him. I never carried a gun. I I was too young to do that, but I would just go out with him. <laughs> and we never mm-hmm. got anything. We never saw anything.
2: I suspect there was a relation to the fact that you were with him.
1: <laughs> That's yeah, I think so. Sounds like you guys, You we just went hiking with a gun. <laughs>
0: I own that one. <laughs> uh, one time we were partridge hunting and we were done for the morning. We got into his car. It was a station wagon. And we were driving down this gravel road and all of a sudden he stops the car and he says, stay here. And he went in, his, in back. He pulled out his shotgun. And then I heard three shots. And I saw three partridges fall into the road in front of the car. He comes back to the car. And as he's putting his gun away, he hands a cardboard box to me. And he says, go put the birds in the box. Mm. So I grabbed the box. Yeah. And I start to walk towards the birds. The problem was all three of them were still flapping on the road. Yeah. Which freaked me out. I didn't want to touch him. I tried kicking him into the box, but every time I kicked the bird I'd also kick the box and so I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just that was never successful. Meanwhile, your grandpa is watching from the car.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> he came over, he was disgusted. And so not only did I have to put up with his grief, but when he came home and talked to grandma of course grandma was my favorite. I'm saving her for the end, uh-huh. but you know, they didn't forget that. Four
3: years.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but he had some colorful sayings. Oh. When we would hunt and fish, of course, I would hear them. And then over time, of course, I'd come home and I would start to use them. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I was that age. And so I would use them. And my mom, Nana, would be like, Where did you learn that from? <laughs> Your dad. You know, you get that. Where did you learn that from? And I go, Oh, I learned it from Grandpa. <laughs> And, and that's where I learned the famous saying. Uh, well, not famous saying. That's where I learned the saying. Well, it's okay for him to say it, but you can't say uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, Dad, we have to have a talk.
1: You can't be saying this in front of Tommy. Like, this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know what happened, you know, but um, the last thing I wanted to mention is, you know, we'd drive around. And he'd take me to the dump. There's a thread line there because, you know, I always went to the dump with my dad, too. But when it was with Grandpa up north, we'd go to the dump. And every once in a while, he'd go, we're going to drive up and see Old Elmer. And Old Elmer was my great-grandfather.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was the only great-grandparent of mine who was still alive. And he lived in Frederick, which was the town just north of, mm-hmm. of Grayling. And we'd go out and we'd see old Elmer. Now, when I saw old Elmer, I'd call him great-grandpa. Yeah. But I got busted calling him old Elmer in front of Nana. <laughs> <laughs> so what else did you do? Well, after we went to the dump, we went to see old Elmer. We <laughs> went and saw who now? <laughs> and the only connection I have from that is that yes. as I age and I meet young kids, I want to be called... Old Tom. Old Tom. All right. All right. Good to know. Because <laughs> it's a nice memory for me.
1: It's a nice memory. hmm. Uh, I'm going to go see your old Tom.
0: And then lastly, of course, Grandma was mm-hmm. my favorite grandparent. Mm-hmm. She was a great talker. Mm-hmm. Now, her history is French-Irish, and on the French side, they were Huguenots. They were getting uh, persecuted in France, and so that family came over. And they actually, you told me this, but they would settled yeah. in New York, mm-hmm. and they'd come over with Peter Stuyvesant, and then when the Civil War or the Revolutionary War started, they all escaped to Canada.
1: Yeah, the saga of people going to Canada during the Revolutionary War is a little bit sorted. I honestly think while we're here, I think that some of the conflict avoidant behavior inside of our family might be drawn from us being like, you
0: know what? (laughs) This sucks. We're going to Canada. (laughs) Good thing we didn't have anybody of age during the uh, Vietnam War. We'd definitely be part of those draft dodgers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just a theory.
1: It's just a theory. (laughs) Yeah, well, when
0: they came back, they came back into Michigan, Mm -hmm. and they changed the spelling of their name. Yeah. You told me that from your research, but then Mm -hmm. I confirmed it with Nana as well, and Nana knew about the original family name and the old family name. Mm -hmm. As that happened then, my great-great-grandfather married a person of Irish ancestry, but also kind of mixed, so we actually have some Native American blood from that line. So anyway, Grandma, as I said, was a great talker. Grandma was part of the library system in her town. Love that. And when they opened up the first library, it was actually a woman opening up a library in the living room of her house. I love that. And Grandma lived around the corner, and so Grandma became a librarian, help, helping her get that set up and then running it until there was enough money put together by the city or the county to make a city library, and then Grandma went to work at that library. And kind of the cool thing about that was she was always around young people. Oh, yeah. So as a 70, 80-year-old, probably more in her 70s, she was still very current on the things kids were interested in. I mean, she had high school kids that were working with her. Mm -hmm. So she knew the lingo. She knew some of the issues, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And so she asked good questions and stuff like that. And her personality was such that um, we melded very nicely together. Mm. And you met her. Yeah. We had a couple of things. The biggest thing, Mom, you may remember when Grandma took a bus from Grayling all the way to Washington, D.C. to visit
3: us.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think she was like 80 years old, and she said, I want to come visit you.
2: But she wouldn't fly.
0: And we're like, great, great. (laughs) Yeah. But she wouldn't fly. We're like, how are you going to do that? Do you want me to come get you or what? She says, no, I'm going to take a bus. The bus ride was like 36 hours. I mean, it was just, we were like, no (laughs) way. And then, you know, bus stops aren't in the safest parts of town usually and that kind of stuff. But she did it. And she stayed with us for a few weeks. It wasn't just a, a weekend or a long week or anything.
1: I mean, if you're going to take a thirty-six hour bus ride, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was fun, but that was the only on my side of the family. That's the only great grandparent that you and Bobby both met, but you were both pretty young. So
1: yeah, I have one memory of great grandma, and I would say it's like. A half memory in that a lot of this memory is constructed from y'all telling me it. But I was with great grandma when I had a muffin for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I called it cookie bread. Yep. She loved that. Yeah. <laughs> we loved
0: that. <laughs> we did. Grandma was Grandma was quite a uh, pastry aficionado. She actually made um, pies for the local restaurant. That's right. So every time we went to visit, we always had two pies.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We'd come in the house. We wouldn't say hi, grandma. We would say pie, grandma. And that's a true story. Oh. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm.
0: That's very funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, I stayed (laughs) in touch with her. I mean, she died like a week after Mother's Day. You know, I always called her on Mother's Day. So I did get a chance to talk to her. And uh, I think that may have been the first funeral that you actually went to. Mm.
1: Yeah. That was the other thing. I I remember being outside the church. Yeah. I have one more great grandmas, also not a real memory, but I found the letter that you wrote to great grandma when you met mom or like not met. You were telling great grandma that you were going to get married to mom. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like a card where you're like, Hey, <laughs> I'm getting married.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting about that is at that time, grandpa was um, suffering from brain cancer. Mm-hmm. The month before we got married, mom got to meet him.
3: Mm.
2: That mm-hmm. was a bittersweet.
0: And then he died the week we got married. He died the week you got married. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. My family mm-hmm. went to his funeral. They didn't tell me.
1: They didn't tell you. Mm-hmm.
0: They went to his funeral. Then they drove straight from his funeral out to Massachusetts for our wedding. And of course, Grandma couldn't come.
2: When did they tell you? I don't remember. When? Do you remember when they told you?
0: Well, what happened was I called them to find out when they were going to be arriving. And Dad said, "I can't talk long. I gotta go." And I go, "What's up?" And he goes, "Well, it's Grandpa's funeral." <laughs> but he couldn't talk because he had to go to the funeral. And he just picked up the phone because you know Grandma and Grandpa lived next door to the funeral home, so they were just walking across <laughs> the yard to get to it. And I said, "When did all this happen?" He goes, "I'll I'll tell you later." You know. So and then of course with the events of our wedding, it wasn't until actually afterwards that um, Mark and I went to get pizza or something, and she told me everything. Mm. Mark, my sister.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm.
0: But yeah, so that kind of marks, you know, there's some things that mark that Mother's Day for one. Yeah. And uh, our wedding for the other. So,
2: yeah,
1: that's all like life and death.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. More life goes on.
0: That's what I got.
1: Yeah. I mean, my question is, is that you kind of spoke to this a little bit with the great grandma staying up on the young person. But you said that there are a lot of things about your personalities that meshed. And I'm curious if you just had like more to say, kind of like, what about um, your personalities?
0: I'll tell you a story about grandma. Yeah. I come to her house to visit. And a lot of times in high school, especially, I'd go by myself and we'd talk. And I got to her house and we're visiting and she gives me a wood carving of the finger. (laughs) (laughs) Like of the bird? Of the bird. Yep. (laughs) And I said, do you know what this is? And she said, yes, of course I know what this is. She said, um, I went over to Aunt Helma's house. Now, Aunt Helma was her sister, my great aunt. Uh-huh. And she said, Aunt Helma had bought this at a store downstate, and she thought it was a ring holder that she could put above the kitchen sink and put her rings on while she was washing dishes. And she said, And I said, Helma, you can't have that in your house. <laughs> 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 she goes let me take that I know somebody who will really like to have that <laughs> and I still have I still have that wood carving I don't have it on really? display oh yeah yeah I do I don't I've never seen it <laughs> well I was telling mom about this the other day I'll have yeah. to pull it out yeah
2: I, I don't know where it is
0: it, well, it's in the wooden box with all of my childhood things mm-hmm. like uh, okay. the, the sweatshirt I was telling you about that Earl's sister right. done for me it's in with that mm-hmm. Yeah, she she would say, "Do you know how to buy marijuana?" I remember that conversation. <laughs>
3: <You
0: know? gasps> and I was like, Grandma. "I don't I don't know how to buy. I mean, I don't know who, who you know like where to go buy it, but I know people who know where to go buy it, you know." Yeah. <laughs> It's like if you need to get
1: high, Grandma, I can hook you up. I can hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> I can hook you up. <laughs>
0: but they came out. Grandma and Grandpa came out to West Point when I was there to visit. Mm-hmm. So that was nice, you know, that they could do that, you know, make that journey. And they did that with Mom and Dad's. Those are some of the kind of interesting things about Grandma. She had uh, very strong opinions. Oh. So what Nana demonstrates, she comes by it honestly. Yeah. I mean, I love
1: that. Like, I feel like you're talking
0: about this with like Stella and
1: with like Nana and Great Grandma. It was just like a lot of ladies who were just like, yeah, this is who, this is what I'm about. This is what I want out of this whole situation.
2: Granny, my mom's mom, mm-hmm. was very quiet and sweet, but she would do things like instead of saying, Lou, would you please pass the mashed potatoes? She would say... I'll have the mashed potatoes. Love that. And then we'd all have to look around the table, find out where they were so that somebody would, you know, make sure she got (laughs) it. That
0: bothered you for a really long time.
2: (laughs) Well, we were taught to say, Mom, would you please pass me the mashed potato, please? This is
1: something. Y'all can figure it out on your own. I just need it. (laughs) Make it happen. I'm Grandma. Oh, I love it. Okay, I had one more thing I was thinking about. I have a picture of great grandmas, and it's like this little cute photo shoot that like it seems like it was like a a, like they had this whole day where they were taking pictures of Nana of great-grandma and uh, great-grandpa and there's like this beautiful picture of her holding this pine tree like this little white pine and Mm -hmm. just kind of like laughing and giggling. It's just it's really sweet. And I'm just kind of like curious. I like This would have been like way before you were around. But do you know if there's any like photographers or, like, you know, did, was this something that they ever did again? Like it just seems it seems like the kind of thing where it's like, how did you get access to a camera and have the wherewithal to like, let's go take some fun pictures out in this woodsy park area.
0: Right. I know those pictures you're talking about. And I, mm-hmm. I don't have a history of it. And it, it is interesting because. When we took you out to meet Grandma for the first time in Houston, Mom and I were really wanting to ask her a lot of questions about her family history. Mm-hmm. Mom, do you remember what she said?
2: Yeah, she said that, that nobody cares about that.
0: Not important. We're not going to talk about it. Not important. Interesting.
2: It's like, well, what don't we do. She do no, no, not important. That's <laughs> very
1: interesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The message i got from those pictures was it showed a personality or side of my grandparents that i'd not ever seen mm-hmm. realistically right because they were older and mature right they were grandparents for me but they they looked like they were young and they dressed the style of the time mm-hmm. and all this other stuff and it made me realize how valuable family pictures yeah. are and candid pictures with people in them are and of course mom's really the one that pointed all that out to me but i'm so glad that throughout our family history Mom has taken a lot of pictures of us and where we're at and that kind of stuff. So we Mm -hmm. have, you know, a better record of our history. Yeah.
1: The, like, whole history story is... Just like so interesting, especially like just within the context of this country and how intermixed that is with like access. And I mean, it's been really valuable like hearing you speak to your relationship with your grandparents because it's like I mean, I also I haven't really gotten to have a chance to have like a really deep relationship with Nana, Papa, Grammy and Grandpa just because of distance. Mostly, it's like sweet to hear the ways that you had those, or and also didn't have in in those cases. Um, those those types of connections. So thank you. Thank you all for sharing with today.
2: Yeah, it's been really nice. Mm-hmm. It's been fun.
1: Do we have any uh, back in my days, any compare contrasts you want to speak to?
0: Well, actually, that's a good question on the compare and contrast, mm-hmm. because we have definitely mm-hmm. examples of your connection to your grandparents mm-hmm. being diminished by distance. Yeah. We also have stories about that. That's a compare, mm-hmm. a contrast that I think is actually very unique for you, is that you know all of our grandparents died by the time we were in our late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. but all of your grandparents are still alive. They're still alive, yeah. Three of them are in their 90s, and one is in their late 80s, mm-hmm. and that is a big difference. Yeah, in generations, you know, to think about that. Although it's some, it, I think Mom and I have talked about this. It is very unique, right? That, yeah. That, all yeah. of our parents are still alive. so
1: I think I'm you know, the only person that I know right now who has all four alive.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the relationships we did have with our grandparents were special. Yeah. We did have that. And every summer when we, as we were growing up, we got to go spend a week with grandma and grandpa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who, whoever didn't get to do it in the summer did it between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm you know, we did all that. You, you didn't really have that. Although one time mom and I went to Germany and grand and grandpa, both your grandparents came to watch you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'll take that back, but they've both come out to watch you Yeah. yeah. while mom and I went on a trip. So that's kind of similar mm-hmm. to the experiences we had. Although for us, it was going to a new place. You guys were a lot younger. Yeah. So you didn't get to, you know, take advantage of some of that stuff. So there is some benefit mom and i were always a little jealous of the people whose parents were close by while they were raising their kids yeah (laughs) yeah we didn't get to have that
1: i mean that's something that's like i feel is hugely different for like both me and you and versus like your parents my grandparents i mean like uh mom grampy lived with his grandparents for a while right
2: oh yeah yeah you know we we've had different experiences just because of the non-nuclear setup yeah. where we moved away. Yeah. You know, whereas both dad and I had grandparents who would babysit and be part of, you know, we don't remember much or dad does, but mm-hmm. because um,
1: my par- my grandparents all died younger. Mm-hmm. It's very different from how human beings have done life. Right. Yeah. I am uh, appreciating learning more about my family. Dad,
0: is it, is it details time? I think it's details time. Anybody that would have any questions or comments or their own memories of their grandparents, you can email us at dadstoriespodcast at gmail.com. And we have a website at dadstoriespodcast.com. And you can download Dad Stories from wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Thank you very much, Dad, and thanks, Mom, for joining us again today. It's been fun having you.
2: It was my pleasure.
1: In for more, more of our recent series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like doing it. Might need to change the podcast name.
2: Yeah, well, Dad stories. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I, I like being a guest. It works out real well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love you both very much, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. I love you too. Love you too.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye.
3: Bye bye.